0: Hello and welcome to Oh for the Podcast. I'm talking today to Kate Lane. Uh, she's a course leader of the BA Performance Design and Practice at St. St. Martin's in London, right?
1: Yeah, that's right.
0: And she said that the easiest way to describe it is that she's an artist and academic making performances and sometimes designing and performing and directing and co-artistic director of Brave New Worlds, which is an experimental performance collective. And you're also a mum, you've recently just had your, second daughter was born on the 4th of July, which was the day that lockdown actually lifted. (laughs) the independence day
1: <laughs> I know. and she was actually nine days late so i feel like she was like holding in for the uh... yeah oh that was
0: what was in the papers it's like super Saturdays.
1: So. <laughs> actually you know what there was a one of the um nurses I was telling me after i gave birth that there was a disturbance outside the hospital i gave birth on st and st thomas's there was disturbance outside and it was a bit of a riot because uh, one of the uh, the local shops the off license wasn't opening There wasn't selling them booze and the local pub wasn't open and there were like these rampaging drunken men just sort of marauding around
0: oh my goodness so yeah chaos in the streets of london (laughs) (laughs) well how, how has it been like apart from i mean you've done this before it's your second daughter but it's been did you say it was 15 years between them yeah so you know what's been the difference this time around? Have you found it easier? Has it been harder? was it? Tell me all about it.
1: I think there's so many different things. There's also the fact that I had my daughter 15 years ago. I was like the youngest, one of the youngest moms in the playground, um, <laughs> and uh, I was a single parent pretty much from the get-go. And then I went and studied afterwards. So it was a, you know, it was quite full-on. And none of my friends were having kids, so I was like the only present. So I felt really isolated. Mm. Um, That time round, and then this time round, I was physically isolated. So yeah, Yeah. in that way, same same. But uh, I don't know. I mean, I think it's different. I mean, each pregnancy is different, and each baby is like totally, totally different. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was really lucky with both of my pregnancies. Um, They were really quite like easy and straightforward. Um, The first one was a bit of a whoopsie pregnancy. And this one was a bit like, oh, maybe we should start thinking about trying. You know, I'm 39, you know, mm-hmm. clock is ticking. And then suddenly we we're like, oh, we're actually pregnant. Um, yeah. It was like wasn't insta- was literally instantaneous. We were like, yeah. oh, we, this might take about a year. You know, it's good to ages. You know, we're mm-hmm. old. And just, mm-hmm. um, so that was a bit of a shock. Um, yeah. I was actually pregnant. And then it was kind of totally... Fine, I had like quite a straightforward, no complications, but then obviously COVID happens and suddenly you're like, oh shit. I was really looking forward to doing all the pregnancy things that I didn't do the first time around. Like yeah. so I was going to my pregnancy yoga classes and I was loving them. Mm. And it's such a, I don't know whether other yoga classes are like this because I'm not really a yoga fanatic, mm-hmm. but I like the fact that you had to go around and say, My name is Kate, I'm 26 weeks pregnant. Mm-hmm. And got a bit of problems in my lower back at the moment and you know like this and it was quite a nice sort of like bonding thing Mm. I just bought some pregnancy uh swimsuits I was planning to like you know rock out when I was yeah so you'd
0: experienced all the good stuff you'd had a taste of the great fun pregnancy stuff and then it was yeah, swiftly so take it away. All I want in life is someone to tell all my ailments to, just someone that I can just be like, oh, and I've got a bit of a this thing in my shoulder, and someone to listen. And you had that. Yeah,
1: I know, and I was going to the there was in my local like yoga centre, like yoga class. There were like two pregnancy classes a week, and I was going to both of them because I was like, I need to mow twice a week, especially because when you're like, you know, when I was I was working quite, and I was really full on at work. My work is generally full on and so it was like i don't have anybody else no nobody else was pregnant so i was like really sort of grateful to be um yeah to to have somebody to moan because how many weeks are you 35
0: 35
1: weeks yeah so you've just had full-on like when did you find it
0: so i found out um late january So I had like the month of, okay, how I'm going to tell work and what's going to happen with this and just getting my head around it. So I did have like a little bit of time to think about how, well, my plan with work and stuff. And then literally, like, I think I was meant to be doing the presentation for a promotion on the 1st of April. And then I think it was like a week before that we just got closed, we're a music venue that I work at, so the music venue's all shut down, we got sent home, and I was just stood there crying, going, I'm pregnant, (laughs) and they were like, what, and I was just like, yeah, so I I had to tell them, because we had to be sat down and told that we were closing for COVID, and I had just burst into tears, and was like, I'm pregnant as well, and they were like, oh shit, (laughs) Um, so yeah, it was just so weird, so I don't, I didn't really have any of the I told like my close friends and family, um, but there was not really any public pregnancy time. And then it felt really inappropriate to tell anyone because everyone was like having a really difficult time dealing with the pandemic and and lockdown and isolating and stuff. So me coming up being like, oh, I'm pregnant. I haven't got happy news. Seems so inappropriate and like tone deaf. So we were just kind of like sat on it then at home, just like locked in the house. Like yeah it was a bit weird and this thing happened the other day with the midwife and it's like the first time that it's happened and i hope that it wouldn't she was like it's a new midwife that i was seeing and she was like oh is this a product of the lockdown is it a covid baby and i was like oh,
1: oh God. <laughs> yeah yes, of there must be so many babies conceiving uh-huh. i've got a theory no. that i'm one of my I live in London obviously I live in a flat so you can see in everybody else's flats yeah um, I think that one of my uh names I've, I've, I've got a suspect that they might be uh pregnant they might have a Covid baby on the way oh really <laughs> drinking as much as they used
0: yeah and they've just always been at it <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I, it was funny because I just was like oh I'd never thought of that that she well I'm having a little girl um that she will be seen as thinking as a as a COVID baby and I thought, oh, I'm not sure I like that. I was already pregnant, but you know, it's there's a cold new generation of humans that I'll have this association, which yeah. is yeah.
1: we're
0: bonkers. never
1: gonna go back to quite I mean, I think we will get back to some sort of semblance of normality, but a lot of things are going to be permanently changed. Like, mm-hmm.
0: you
1: know I remember my head of college sort of um, in one of our all staff meetings it was like you know gone are the days where we're going to make you travel across london for a meeting you know because it's pointless you can just do it mm-hmm. on
0: zoom yeah how do you feel about that is that I've nice or
1: remotely for years mm-hmm. so for me doing this is not really wasn't never an issue with my with my collective we're, we're often um there's squada who's actually taking a bit of a break from us for the moment um but she's based in lithuania and mm-hmm. then my other um like collaborator Valentina I mean she's only based in North London Mm -hmm. but uh, she's Italian she's often traveling and you know so we're always often traveling for work and stuff so we've Mm -hmm. we've been collaborating via well actually Skype Skype clearly lost out in the COVID (laughs) 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 who who uh, who knew but yeah so we've been working via Skype for like years literally years and even you know and often when I have meetings with people because everybody's time is so precious, mm-hmm. um, especially in the arts. There's nobody has time to travel for an hour to go and have a coffee for like 20 minutes, half an hour, and you just mm-hmm. want to pitch something or pick somebody's brain. So I've been doing like working remotely for years, and I've and actually it's worked out much better than I mean, you work in the arts as well. And you'll discover it that you know there's lots of people who don't have kids, and it's not especially in like performance and work that I was working theatre you know so and so they don't do anything that is sort of like parent friendly
0: so actually mm. being able to
1: work remotely is brilliant I've already done my first breastfeeding live on a zoom meeting
0: oh good for you <laughs>
1: <I> Just <laughs> the up a little bit and I was just like hoping nobody would notice but there was this <laughs> sort of like coming up she's quite active and she's feeding, coming up the, the screen just <laughs> I was being like little, yeah. <laughs> hand, waving I was like. Oh.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh it's 2020, yeah. 2020, yeah. this is what
1: happens, you phone the bank and you've got a crying baby in the background, you
0: know. Exactly, <laughs> I can't believe how peaceful it sounds though actually, I was thinking oh it's going to be a little bit chaotic which would be fine but I was expecting kind of lots of crying and I don't know, a teenager saying shut up, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, my teenager
1: is actually at her best friend's house um, and then she's done a lot of so no and actually i think um i think if you're chilled the kids are chilled mm.
0: how, really... how how has your teenage daughter handled like the lockdown and stuff i'm quite interested to see how it's going to affect the youth of that, today.
1: that was really really tough for her i think mm. but it was really tough uh I don't think it helped the fact that she was grounded the weekend beforehand. So she'd had like and it was like no oh
0: no. oh no. You were enemy number one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and then and her school uh closed a bit earlier than the other schools because um I don't know where we were in London, you know, it it sort of spiked higher. We were sort of like two weeks ahead of everybody else in the country. Mm. Um So, yeah, so she was sort of, and that was really, really, really tough. I mean, she's, she was actually really good about the studying side of it. I think it helped that my partner, her stepdad has always, you know, worked from home and I've worked from home quite a lot. So, you know, we've all got our sort of routine and, um, you know, so he had the sitting room, I had our bedroom, she had her bedroom. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, She has an old computer of mine, which we'd souped up. So she had Mm -hmm. her own laptop, so she could study. I mean, obviously she's in a normal state, comprehensive, so um, there was no online lessons. It was all Show My Homework. I don't know if you know this. If not, you will know this. Show My Homework is an app. Right. Um, Schools just sent work, so it was literally, watch a video and fill out this worksheet, Um, Mm -hmm. which is why you've got this disparity between private schools and state schools now because all the private school kids had zoom classes she had show my homework app um but Uh, she was good she was disciplined with the whole studying but mentally it's really hard because teenagers aren't supposed to be locked up in their bedrooms as much as they do lock themselves (laughs) up (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) they're not supposed to be locked up in their bedrooms and because Mm. a teenager will come home lock themselves in a bedroom she just wasn't like leaving out and what they should be doing is finding their own tribe they should not yeah. be at home hanging out with their parents. Um, they should be out there finding their people. And when they've yeah. found their people, they can then come back and be human to their parents. But, you know, they're basically not human from, like, the ages of, like, 11 to, like, 15, 16. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I've been, it's funny, I've already been, like, thinking about... Because I'm really emotional and all over the place. Like, I am on a regular day anyway, but then I'm pregnant as well, so I'm like... Ah! all the time and I've been having these big cries where I'm like she's gonna be a teenager one day and she might not like me because I you know I was I had nightmare teenage years and me and my mum really didn't get along. There was like years that you know we really couldn't stand each other and now we're super close. It's weird but because there was a time when I thought one day I'm just not gonna be in this woman's life and then now you know we're crazy close. So I've been crying thinking what if there's a time when she's a teenager and she doesn't like me and my boyfriend's like we're talking like 15 years from now and I'm like you're
1: talking 11 years from now just to put it in perspective like as soon with girls Mm -hmm. I think it hits earlier and you're talking about the first year secondary school suddenly she's switched and she won't like you she won't like you
0: uh, uh, I'm like I've had the hardest year
1: (laughs) she's okay because actually this is probably sounds like a terrible parent so the reason my daughter was um uh grounded was that she came home blind drunk and threw up and I was absolutely livid oh um oh, teenagers drink i'm not that livid about the fact that mm-hmm. she got drunk she's yeah. 15. i was doing way worse mm-hmm. um but it was the fact that her friend put her in an uber and she got in the uber by herself drunk and i was like mm-hmm. this is not acceptable you have to look after your other friends do you know what i mean you yeah don't yeah your friend your drunk friend in a cab home especially not when she's 15 this is not cool yeah um, but you know but lord was like I just wanted to come home to be with my mom and it was like gave me a big hug in the morning I mean totally hug over but it was like I just want to be with my mom and I was like oh it's all it's all forgiven that's nice <laughs> I was like oh she wants to cuddle me
0: <laughs> I think that's the thing isn't it it's more it's more safety I think like if you've been safe and like looking after one another then yeah I mean I was a very naughty teenager so I just think take care of each other don't be a dick to anyone and then we'll all get out of this all right
1: (laughs) yeah and you've just got to try and like keep it in perspective I mean I'm not very good at keeping it in perspective don't get me wrong I'm Mm -hmm. terrible I'm totally just like I can hear things coming out of my voice just being like that's my mother coming out of my mouth Mm -hmm. it's like like, I know why am I doing this um because actually I don't have a problem like I was putting my foot down about stupid little things like I wasn't letting her get her nose pierced because my mom didn't let me get my nose pierced until I was like 17 18 I was like so soon as lockdown lifted and the um you, the tattoo shops and pierces opened again, I went and got her nose pierced because I was like, why am I being why so am I doing this? why am I doing this? I don't have a problem with it. I've got my nose pierced. She's wants it for ages. And also her last year of secondary school, she can totally get away with it because she's just gonna wear a mask. <laughs> <open>. <laughs>
0: oh gosh. Is it gonna affect is she has she got exams then that will yeah,
1: next year, next July.
0: At least, hopefully, it won't be stupid algorithms and things next year. Hopefully, it will be.
1: I don't know. I'm, I'm a... making her study already. I'm making a revise already because. <laughs>
0: well, why not? There's not much else to do at the minute. Oh, exactly. <laughs>
1: I know. Uh, yeah, no. Just because you know her mocks are going to. We don't know how what's going to be like if there's mm-hmm. a second spike. When there's a second spike, how they're going to work it out. Um, but also because. Because she didn't have any like mock exams or tests in this year, so we have no idea about what level she's actually studying at at the moment, especially post mm-hmm. exam and so these mocks that she's having straight away when she goes back to school, they're going to be the ones that going to get her into six month college mm-hmm. and you know and that's how they're going to judge whether she's going to get the GCSEs to get into do certain A levels, and that's going to affect. How she gets into university, obviously, because mm-hmm. which school you manage to get into is totally affects how uh, mm. you know, the grades that you get.
0: Yeah. So those two years are very like formative, aren't they? About like what's going to happen with the rest of your life. I remember at the time thinking it didn't really matter, but now when I look back, yeah, that I I did the first year of AS levels at school, and then I was like, okay. this isn't it for me. I need something more like vocational, and then um, I went and did a BTEC. In performing arts, and much to my parents' horror, they were like, because I went to private school and they were like, you're leaving your private education behind to go and do this, you know, piss about at college dancing. And I was just like, yeah, get me out of it And it was, yeah, the most so formative time of my life. But I had to actually like resit like GCSE English and math because I hadn't done, well, English I was all right, but math I had to redo just to go and, and do my performing arts course. So it was actually really like, a really important time for me. Otherwise, I'd have probably been a twat. <laughs> <laughs> if I'd spent another two years there, so yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's really so yeah. I know,
1: but like my my art teacher at my secondary school just persuading my mom that art was a real subject. Um, and that I should do, I like, to allow me to go and do, like, art A-level at um, six from college. It's quite um, ironic now, because now I obviously, I run a BA and an art course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I've been working as an artist <laughs> for my whole adult life. So, uh, yeah, it's a good thing to let me do doing art A-level. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> um, is, is your work being massively affected then? Is everything, are you going back uh, soon, or, like, is... Central Saint Martin's going back soon?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm on maternity leave, uh, which I'm really grateful. It was really full on, like being pregnant and then also converting, because I'm, you know, I run the the BA. So Mm -hmm. having to convert the whole of a three-year degree course online in a matter of weeks when the guidance was all sort of changing, you know, when the lockdown first happened, we thought we'd be back in the building in May. Yeah. Um still have a degree show. And then it was like, you know, after a couple of literally about three weeks, it was like evident that it wasn't happening and we had to switch mm-hmm. everything online, had to rewrite projects. I had to get my whole uh, team of academics who um some of them, you know, are not as proficient uh, as online stuff as they, you mm-hmm. know, as you know, as I might be. Um so you know, it was a tra- getting everybody trained, you know, to suddenly mm-hmm. have to do teach online and it's a different etiquette teaching online um to to actually teaching in person so that was a big Mm. shift Uh, and so and you know and i had all my i had some leave that i had booked but i couldn't take because i just had too much work to do so i was doing like long Mm. days whilst also being pregnant doing little like I work in my bedroom so I was like quickly sort of turning (laughs) on the computer and having like quick power naps every like (laughs) like little disco naps for 20 minutes (laughs) to then get up and uh and yeah so that was quite full on and then suddenly I was on maternity leave and I was like oh what do I do with myself now
0: yeah I bet everyone wanted a bit of a piece of you as well I know like when I did my BA in performance I was very like our course leader I was always knocking on a door and be like Please, can I speak to you about this and that and personal issues and the call oh, yeah. and stuff? So I bet you were in demand. I bet you were in demand on that oh, leave. <laughs> oh,
1: yeah, no, totally. I knew I had... And it was quite funny because I'd have, be having tutorials. It's quite amazing, really. I'd be t- doing t- a whole series of tutorials and one minute I'd be speaking to somebody in Canada, to somebody in, like, um, Russia, to somebody in Korea. So we'd be, like, switching around to, like, all these different countries and mm-hmm. then having to, you know talk to all my colleagues and do meetings and yeah so that was uh <laughs> yeah that was quite full-on and then mm-hmm. with like my practice um actually I just had an exhibition at the v where I was in a group show at the VNA and and that just closed like a week before Covid so that was quite good but then it was supposed to transfer to the National Centre for Arts and Crafts mm-hmm. that obviously got cancelled so that's moved to I think it's September it is September now so yeah there you go baby (laughs) break like it's opening again like but that was delayed and then I had an opera um that I designed for the English touring opera uh for um young people with SEMD needs so it was Mm -hmm. like a design led and it was interactive opera that I designed and that got cancelled that did five performances we did so much work on it and then Mm -hmm. it just five performances and cancelled um Oh, um, wait, That's a okay. yeah. Percy yeah, baby. she makes all these like grunting sounds when she's waking up like. Oh, oh, oh.
0: Yeah, it's <laughs> tough. It's tough waking
1: up. <laughs> I know I feel like that. And then, yeah, so that was a bit a bit. Yeah, so that was also helpful. Um, but luckily things are looking much much better now because uh that opera that got cancelled has actually just been nominated for an award um
0: so yeah oh congratulations yeah
1: <laughs> award a young young audience music award so that's
0: mm. i'm nice. really distracted by how cute your baby is <laughs> look at all that gorgeous hair oh hello little girl oh i want to smush those little cheeks hello i know i know <laughs> with a, a
1: little squidger was that a nice little power nap huh? No, look. I mean, (laughs) neck folds.
0: Neck folds. Oh, adorable! I think I'm getting some neck folds from (laughs) the doctor. Oh
1: my god! I put on so much weight.
0: Well, obviously, I knew that I was gonna. But I mean, it's quite a shock when I see photos. I'm a bit like, um, yeah, because I was really. Yeah. Well, I'm. I'm hoping that I'm going to breastfeed, and hopefully, that will. Sh- shed a few pounds.
1: <laughs> also, you'll be surprised by water. Like I, I don't know whether you're 35 weeks. Yeah, I don't know if you've got much. So basically, I had a really straightforward pregnancy, and then it all went tits up uh, mm-hmm. when I gave birth, and I ended up in hospital for three days. Oh no! Uh, postpartum preeclampsia, which oh, is really no. rare and quite serious. Um, mm-hmm. So it turned out that a lot of the weight that I put on, and I was really swollen. Like I was like, mm-hmm. I'm getting neck folds. Um, was water
0: retention, and so yeah. I lost
1: like. Oh god! Like fourteen kilograms in two weeks.
0: Wow! Are you, are you feeling better now?
1: Yeah, I'm better now. It took okay. it took like this is the difference between first, you know, when you're in your early twenties and mm. you're pregnant, it takes no time whatsoever to get you know to recover, you know, post birth. Mm-hmm. When you're thirty nine, it's mm. a little bit longer.
0: <laughs> it's a bit different. <laughs> yeah. Um, so. so I was going to ask you as well about your uh, oh fuck moment, I feel bad saying the F word but there's a little baby there. I just got told off on my driving lesson for swearing as well. (laughs) I'm like oh I'm really foul mouthed aren't I? Um, But yeah if you've had any moments that you've been like oh fuck (laughs) during this pandemic or pregnancy.
1: I think you know what because So my partner is Nigerian, and he uh, lived in Nigeria for a bit when he was a kid, and he lived through mm-hmm. several military coups. Right. Um, and I also grew up in the Caribbean, so lived through like hurricane season. So we're quite um, we we're, we're quite good between us about like stockpiling and preparing for disasters. <laughs>
0: What a great thing to put on your CV. <laughs> I know.
1: So in about at January, we were a bit uh we sort of preempted it by in January, partly because I have a lot of international students. Mm-hmm. Uh so students, so you know, I was chatty, I was working really close with one of my students who's from Taiwan and she's just like what's going on? In the UK isn't preparing. And I'm like, I know. Uh, mm. And so we were both like, right, preparing. My mum laughed at us when we bought some face masks in February. She was like, what are you doing? And we were like, I mean, we didn't go, we weren't like, you know, having fights with people over Lurail and Tesco's. Um, yeah. But we did like, you know, start just just buying more food, like in the food shop and just sort of like having a cupboard of our COVID cupboard of tins and, mm. and bottles. <laughs> Smart. <laughs> Yeah, but I think the oh fuck, mark was like, oh, wait a minute. What about all the baby stuff? Because all the shops are going to be closed. So we did this massive, like, oh, my God, I've got to get all my baby stuff in March. So we had this massive, like, and I remember going to John Lewis on my way home from work. And it was that moment of, like, I've got no baby stuff. We're going into lockdown. I know we're going to lockdown. I've mm. got baby stuff. Sort of like wandering around John Lewis being like, oh, buy a cot, buy this. Buy
0: that. Yeah. <laughs> I bet it was an yeah. expensive time. Yeah. Yeah. Just trying just to to pick
1: down. <laughs> yeah literally to having to get everything. Also, because it's my second time round, and I was skint the first time around, I didn't have any, I couldn't afford all the baby paraphernalia. Mm. So actually, I know you don't actually need any of it. You just need like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. You don't need to be extreme about stuff.
0: Yeah, I mean, we, we've been kind of like, because our industry is completely on its knees, like live music and indoor events is...
1: Well, like um, theatre is now, so... Yeah,
0: uh, so we've kind of been going, off oh, fuck, pretty much every day this week. Um I've got to go for a meeting at work later, actually, about potential redundancy. Um So we're kind of like, oh, God, what's happening? But I'm actually, like, weirdly calm about it because... I've just kind of realised that we will be okay. Like, you know, we've got everything that we need. We've got a roof over our heads. We've got, you know, my friends and family have been amazing giving us so many clothes and all that kind of thing. You know, my mum's been knitting blankets and all that stuff. So, like, <laughs> so we will be, like, we will be all right. So I'm, I'm managing not to freak out about it this week. <laughs> like, there's some times that I'm, like when is this going to end and you know what what does next year look like but I think that will be all right.
1: I think you just can't uh I guess you know what it is it's also that thing of like when you're pregnant you have to shift your mindset and then when you have the baby you have to shift it again and just take each day at a time um I mean I really thought it like um uh, that loss of like identity like my identity is in my work a lot of the time Mm -hmm. not as um as a mother when that suddenly you know your work is taken away from you and you're like oh am I just a mother like
0: Mm, yeah yeah that. that. that seems to be something that keeps coming up when I'm speaking to other um mums is that loss of identity is so prevalent like I had it really bad in the first, like, when I first found out I was pregnant that first month, even before all the COVID stuff, I just kind of was a bit like, because I'm a really social person, and I used to always go out after work and stuff like that, and people were a bit like, what's going on with you? Why don't you come to anything anymore? But I found it quite... Difficult to go to things, worrying about the baby in my belly, and and being out late at night, and worrying about people fighting in the street and drunk people and stuff like that. So I was kind of like, oh, I just don't recognize myself now because all I do is just kind of go to work and then come home, and then all of a sudden work was gone as well, and it was just like that's kind of why I wanted to make the podcast and work on a couple of other little was making things because I needed to do it to just check in with what who I am and be like what stuff do I like that's you know not just thinking about this baby I mean I know it's a pregnancy podcast but do you know what I mean (laughs) (laughs)
1: it's it's important to be like realistic about about all of all of that because that is you know that is a big part of you know having a kid you know it shouldn't be we at some point in the last like 20 30 years I think we had this real shift over because previously people would have kids and then they would carry on with their lives you know Mm -hmm like yeah. now there's suddenly this whole like kid is the center of the universe and mm. it should be you know and if it, they're not the center of the universe then who are you to you know why are you like this you know like you're a bad mother you're blah 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 blah. Mm-hmm. but actually kids are just you know part of day-to-day life and actually you should just crack on with doing what you do what mm-hmm. you love you know, if you I had really bad postnatal depression last time round, mm-hmm. um and you know and so like one of the things that I'm really anxious to do is make sure that I don't get it again. And part mm-hmm. of that is like, I know that I need to do things that are going to keep myself mentally sane. Mm-hmm. Part of that is like exercise. So when I was pregnant, I was like going for a march before I was log on to my Zoom calls in the morning, marching around Clapham Common, mm-hmm. um, looking hilarious because I was like heavily pregnant. Like an <laughs> <hour> walk. Um <laughs> (laughs) and then you know and also just keeping my identity and I really felt that like the first few weeks um and I was chatting to my friends and be like I haven't got anything I'm not doing anything like I'm just you know feeding a baby like I'm doing nothing and then being like oh you know that's okay and then (laughs) I felt much better when I was doing like the other like little tiny little things like tweaking my website or like um doing a little Q&A or doing yeah. something like that and it just made me feel a bit more like
0: human yeah um, and
1: I think and I think that's okay I think each person is entirely the same some people they're like actually you know what this is my this is my life and that's perfectly that's good for them but I know for myself
0: mm-hmm.
1: I need to keep an identity um, and I think it's healthier for kids like I know that my daughter my oldest daughter I still get used to, like, saying my oldest daughter. Yeah,
0: that's <laughs> so <me. laughs>
1: um My oldest daughter, you know, she does really respect the fact that, you know, what I've done and what I've achieved. And she's seen us from, you know, from being, you know, me being a single parent, a student, living in a one-bedroom basement shitty flat, to, you know, buying my old flat, you know, to now we live in, like, a really nice area, you know, and she's, you know, she said to my mum the other day. She's like, you know, I don't need to earn loads of money. I just want to be comfortable like mummy. And you know, and she's seen me from being, you know, on benefits to, you know, yeah, being able to go to John Lewis and buying a cot because I'm panicking. <laughs> panic.
0: <laughs> Fancy, huh? Yeah. Right. No, <laughs> no, I think I think that's so important. Yeah, I'd, I'd rather be like a good role model and yeah, someone that my daughter is proud of. Um, And yeah, just kind of being able to wrap them in cotton wool and be with them twenty four hours a day and all that kind of stuff. I kind of want to set a good example. And yeah, I I agree. I think that's nice. I
1: don't don't have a problem. You know, I think you know if you want to do that as well, like if you if you you live around the kids and that's totally fine. But I know for myself, I just yeah, I couldn't I couldn't do that at all. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, so I was never part of the PTA previously, and I doubt I'll be part of the P- 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 PTA this
0: time. Always <laughs> <That's laughs> oh, to get in.
1: All yeah. bears. <laughs> Amy... Sorry, do the barbecue with the other dads.
0: Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask as well, just a little bit about um the birth this time around. Um, like you don't have to, you know, just talk about whatever you're comfortable with, but was you know how was the hospital experience giving birth during pandemic was it hazmat suit and no one was allowed in with you or was it kind of not much different or did you give birth at hospital yeah uh, yeah I
1: gave birth at hospital yeah it was uh it was quite it was quite different um -hmm. so obviously I was actually because I was nine days late I had a couple of sweeps and Mm -hmm. then I was in pre-labor for like two days now that sounds horrendous but actually it really really wasn't because um I, they were like, I have quite a high t- pain tolerance mm-hmm. um, and I just, and it just felt like period pains and they were coming and going and I could sleep a bit so mm-hmm. it was all kind of fine but because I have a high pain tolerance I kind of know that the normal measures of things aren't great so I have to explain that every time to you know I was speaking on the phone to midwives being like okay now you know yeah. I'm leader, you know my contractors are every couple of minutes yes I am talking through this this happened last time because mm. they didn't believe me last time that I was in labour mm. oh are you okay sorry Excuse sorry me, this baby Do you drinking yeah. too quickly no,
0: no
1: you're fine <laughs> 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 uh, oh, so when I so when I was like okay, actually maybe we should go in, um, and I sort of went in and my partner couldn't go into the you know you go into the maternity assessment unit first mm. and he you go into there and he sort of like dropped me off and the receptionist was like um, you know like you have to go and I think I don't know who she thought he was. Because she was just like, you know, she was asking me a question and said my partner, oh, my partner is also called Abby's, which also gets lots of confusing because it's short for Abiola. Right. Uh, But they always assume that it's short for, I don't know, Abigail. So people always um, assume I'm in a same-sex relationship. Mm -hmm. So I think they're just a bit confused about, you know, the fact that I was like, no, that was Abby that was with me. And they were like, you have to go. And so then I was like, put in, like... Like, like, called off room, and they had to do my like, you know, to monitor me. This Mm. little to check that I was in labor because obviously I don't look like I'm in labor in my early labor. Yeah. I'm just like, oh, just having contraction and carrying on. and I remember having conversations with one of the midwives before she strapped me up mm-hmm. and my waters had also broken and I know I know that and I was having and I was just like I, like, I felt a bit like a fraud there's this woman next to me like screaming in the cubicle between every contractions mm-hmm. and I was like oh just having a contraction and luckily the midwife was like oh no no it's right different people deal with it differently mm-hmm. this little madam however, decided that she didn't want to be monitored and kept on kicking off the monitor. Like,
0: oh, wow, oh, that's a big kick.
1: I know. <laughs> yeah. but, well, she was like, so she kept on kicking off. So they were like, it, that was taking ages. So I was in the unit for longer than I should have been. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they were a bit worried that I was going to have a um, placenta rupture because I was bleeding a bit mm-hmm. um, and I'm rhesus negative. So they were like, oh, you know, you can't get the bloods mixed up. Mm-hmm. Um, between my blood and her blood, and mm-hmm. then, <laughs> and then it turned out that one of the more sort of experienced St Thomas's is a teaching hospital, so one mm-hmm. of the more experienced midwives came in and went, "No, she's just progressing quickly." Uh, mm-hmm. And so they actually, I managed to get into the midwife-led unit, which is what I wanted. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so I got in there, and I don't know if you know this, but St Thomas's maternity ward is opposite the House of Parliament, so you've got the mm-hmm. Houses of Parliament against the window. And the, oh, nice. the midwife led unit is the home from home is really nice. It's like mm-hmm. a, a little hotel room. So you got your little room and an ensuite bedroom yeah. and an ensuite bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I had a really great midwife called Charlotte,
0: mm-hmm. who I
1: found out afterwards was like one of the teachers. She teaches the other midwives. And mm, so yes. she was really great. And then that's when Abby, my partner, could arrive. And um, we got our fairy lights out. We had a stereo. I felt a bit of a, like, twat getting my fairy lights out, but actually it was really nice.
0: Oh, um, yeah, I'm going to do all that stuff, so I hope that it goes down well.
1: <laughs> and actually, and the midwife was like, you know, do you want some aromatherapy? And I was a bit like, oh, aromatherapy, what? A bunch of smells is going to help my labour. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> but then I was like, okay, fine, I'll give it a go. We'll see what happens. And uh, so she brought along some sort of smelly jasmine, and that really helped. So I'd say aromatherapy thumbs up um and I had some gas and air I didn't have that last time but I did this time and then I had like a really great like labor experience um I don't know I mean it's my second one so I so you know I wasn't too worried Mm -hmm. my first one you know was kind of fine and I think with like getting into labor I don't know you just got to follow your body Mm -hmm. your body will know what to do and you've just got to uh you just got to do it. I was trying to think of a really good analogy to it. You know, like mm-hmm. how like just go with what your body goes. And I was thinking about it. I was like, it's a bit like sex, right? You know, you mm-hmm. kind of know how it works, and so you give a go, give it a go. Um, and the <laughs> only thing about like prepping with all the antenatal classes and all that is just like that. Just that's just you sort of reading up a little bit more to know exactly how to make sex really good. So like you know, like all the antenatal classes. Anyway. <laughs> It's just a bit of prep, but even if you don't do any of that, you just go with it and you know it'll be all right.
0: Yeah, that does make sense. <laughs> I'm getting nervous now. I'm like I'm reading the books and I'm speaking to people, but yeah, I'd be lying if I said I'm not getting a little um anxiety over it. I don't know what's worse when you don't know what to expect or whether you know what's coming. My friend has had her second boy and she was getting really nervous because she was like, I just know what's coming. <laughs>
1: Yeah, but you know, I actually, I'm going to sound like a total psychopath, I actually really enjoyed the labour.
0: No, that's um, nice, a lot, a lot of people do say that, I think that's, that's great, I'm going to aim for You know, for the that.
1: contractions are just like, they only last like a few minutes and then they stop, you know, mm-hmm. like, and each one is like, and now sound like some hip, hypnobirthing person, but each one brings you closer to your baby. But it's true, like, you know, they're 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 not like constant pain, they're like, you can just sort of deal with them and they're a different sort of pain they're not like you know when you stab your toe that's really bloody painful mm. they're not like that they're totally different sort of like mm. level of pain it's more like a discomfort but you just if you just I don't know mm. relax into it um and just you know just don't fight it and you'll be fine you yeah. really will be fine it is after you get epidural get you know get an epidural do you know what I mean like
0: yeah you know. I'm open-minded to that so I'm going to try for as as long as I can and see how it is because I don't know what to expect I'm like I don't want to just go in and be like give me loads of pain medication but I'm gonna see what it's like and then if it if I need it I need it I'm open-minded to that kind of thing but I was saying to Yana that I I thought when I pictured birth naively that it was just like 24 hours of pain like you, there's no reprieve I thought that it was like constantly like Arr! and you do not get a moment off and then I kind of was watching some like online antenatal stuff and I was like oh the contractions like aren't constant yeah 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 and you know what your body does this
1: amazing thing which you get a slight reprieve before you go on the transition
0: yeah
1: uh, and so yeah and I was just so I was in. So I was going full. I had my contractions just went back out. You know. So at six thirty, I got into the midwife led unit. She was born at eleven forty, mm-hmm. um, and there was that moment of like a transition. They just said they were like, "Oh, the water birth is is now free." You know, but we have to wait for the cleaners. You know, to come and clean. They're not going to finish cleaning it until after ten o'clock, and I was like. Mm we're not going to wait this up, you know, we're yeah. not going to have time to wait for the cleaners and this baby's coming. Mm. Um, but then there was this moment where I'd got out of the, I'd gone to the bar for a bit and then I got out of the bath, and I was sort of like,
0: oh, I keep thought you at the out. bar. I was like,
1: the... <laughs> I'd gone down for a gin and tonic. <laughs> <That'd be laughs> you know, good. that good. To the mm-hmm. and, <laughs> and then, you know, and I was like managing to like catch my breath a bit. And she was like, yeah, this is that moment. Your body does this amazing thing where it just sort of like gives you a bit of a breather to then go into that final weird last, you know, last transition. Mm -hmm. And then I gave birth to this um, little beauty who was at 4.15 kilograms. uh, I'm rubbish
0: with kilograms. What's that in? I'm
1: not very good at pounds. Uh, I think (laughs) that's like over nine pounds. Okay. So she was a big baby. (laughs) Big girl. But she got a 10 on the APGAR score. So I keep like, you know, showing off about that. And
0: the what score? What's that? The
1: APGAR score. So it's a score that they do when uh, babies are first born to see, Mm. like, basically how alive they are. And you Mm. get a score between 1 and 10. 1 and 2 is like you need to be resuscitated. Yeah. Um, Nobody ever normally gets 10. Um, Oh. To get a 10
0: oh yeah super alive
1: yeah super alive that's why she was like super strong kicking off the monitor that's what I mean. <laughs> Like because she was like yeah I can totally take out this so she mm-hmm. sort of like arrived thing or like you know uh, I mean she didn't really cry that much she just sort of like came out gave a quick like yelp and then was just like really chilled mm. um you know I well didn't... I guess
0: nine days over she's got the things she needs to be doing, she wants to crack on.
1: Yeah, do you know what I mean? Well, actually I don't know who she is, she's pretty chilled, I think she was just like, oh, I just quite like it in here, so yeah. out, I might stay a bit longer. <laughs> yeah. And then, but then sadly my body did not react as well, I did not score mm. 10 on the APCA score, no. and my blood pressure went sky high, um, and I was really out of it, so I had this like, per- literally perfect baby, and then like, I was just failing miserably. So. Mm.
0: Yeah, and so that actually, was really tough. And was you, do you had to stay in hospital, I'm guessing, just you and your daughter, no yeah, visitors.
1: No visitors. So that was, I mean, she was born, you know, she was born almost at midnight at 11.40. Um, so my partner was allowed to stay with us till the shift changed, because they wouldn't have kicked him out. Mm-hmm. But then because I was, which was like six, seven o'clock in the morning, mm-hmm. and then because um, I was waiting for a bed to be freed on the maternity ward, I did, that didn't get free to like midday. So um, Mm -hmm. he could stay for the first 12 hours, which was Mm -hmm. really amazing. And then, yeah, I had to be admitted into hospital for three days without my partner, which is, Mm -hmm. that's where it was like, that was really weird.
0: Yeah. Yeah, a friend of mine had um, mastitis, so she had to go back into hospital and it was for nearly a week, I think. And it was just, yeah, with a newborn and I just felt so sorry for her partner, you know, it's like you've just literally just got this amazing baby and you can't even go and visit I think that's.
1: I know, I know. And, it, and it is really like I got put onto the maternity into the ward and there was four other women oh. on the ward mm-hmm. um, two of them had been there for a week uh, because they've been induced and you know if you get induced it takes forever mm. they've been induced and then they had their baby and then they had to day for monitoring um but there was a certain amount of sort of like you know sisterhood and camaraderie like on the ward uh so you know we were sort of like looking after each other in some ways and sort of helping out each other and chatting to each other and there was a woman who was I mean obviously I was a total baby brain so I can't remember anybody's names Mm -hmm. but the woman opposite me she was there for like two days that I was there for three days so we sort of like chatted all the time Um, I just felt really sorry for women who had epidurals or C-sections because sometimes, you know, they just, that's quite harsh on your body to recover from that, especially like a C-section. There was a woman who had an emergency C-section and she just couldn't like pick up a baby. She couldn't look after a baby. And that's when you should have your family around you, like picking up the baby, passing them to you, helping you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as much as the midwives. And nurses will try and help. They can't be there all the time. And I think that's why, you know, that's really tough. But it's quite amazing, you know, you see women sort of wheeled in from like epidurals who are totally out of it because then we're <laughs> few hours they'd be like getting up like changing nappies. I was this one woman and she didn't chat to me at all so I guess she was in her zone um, but she was like <laughs> but she was like wheeled in totally out of it and then like within a few hours she was like up wing like I could hear cooing at her baby I was like oh you're gonna be great you're gonna cry. you're gonna swing <laughs> sail through this and cooed off and then she left and I kept to see these women sort of like coming in totally out of it and then leaving mm-hmm. and I'm like Still bloody here.
0: yeah here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah sometimes it's tough to see people going home if you've been in the hospital and you just want to go as well I am um, yeah I mean I'm I never really imagined because me and my mum are really close now I never really imagined that I'd give birth without her there or at least in the hospital mm-hmm. I kind of had a bit of a vision of her being in the waiting room and whenever I need her I can she'll run in and then she'll go back out there again and, um, yeah, she, you know, she's not allowed to be there, so it'll just be my, my boyfriend. Um, but, you know, at least he's going to be there. They've assured me at my hospital that he'll be allowed there. Um, well, yeah,
1: that was one of my own fuck moments as well, where there was a point where we weren't sure. Because I was, you know, it was literally as lockdown was lifted, but there was points where she gets little night terrors. Oh no. she had a little trauma in her previous life but every so often oh. she's like fast asleep and she gives off this like crying limper, like and I'm like because what are you dreaming of what the magic boob runs dry <laughs>
0: <laughs> I know there can't be anything bad in there oh you
1: no know, because I mean I totally believe in that fourth trimester so you just have to like cuddle babies don't you yeah was. but I'm like so you literally you get cuddled by me her baba so her dad and yeah. her big brother. there's three people in this house cuddling constantly yeah how can
0: you possibly have bad dreams <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yeah no I mean there was one point where I weren't even sure whether my partner was going to be allowed to be with me at all during the delivery that was my really like oh fuck moment I started signing mm petitions and I was working with
0: him yeah.
1: and getting people to sign them, and I was working remotely uh you know with college and obviously everybody forgets that you're pregnant so every so often I would like stand up during zoom calls or during lectures just to mm. show how heavily pregnant I was yeah anything, I was being a bit of an arsehole yeah <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I didn't do that, but yeah, I just showed how pregnant was just to remind people that like actually I'm still pregnant and I'm still doing this and you have to sign my petition now.
0: Yeah, well <sighs> well, I was kind of having to do the Zoom calls at the beginning and I was wanting to stand up because I put so much weight on my face and like all on my neck that I was like I need to stand up so that they remember that this isn't just like chocolate and bread. <laughs> like, I just want to remind people that there is a reason for this. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's
0: not just a lockdown diet <laughs> so, um god do you know what i've just been thinking i look rough for today i've rushed out the house for um a driving lesson and then i was up quite late last night writing my case against my redundancy and then i've rushed in the house and had all these missed calls from the health visitor so i'm looking very ropey. you look, you look
1: very fresh don't you worry you look
0: very radiant and gorgeous and you've got a newborn <laughs> i'm like no, i, I just have just got a lipstick, baby yeah
1: that's it is. i've just got lipstick on <laughs> and i'm so tired that you know nothing phases me anymore <laughs> i'm
0: just like just, just,
1: awesome.
0: yeah <laughs> um i'm gonna have to get off soon just because i've got all this crazy work stuff to think about but i just yeah i just wanted to kind of say if you've got any like tips for me but also just anyone that's kind of having a baby during 2020 um
1: yeah, but I'm just And to this
0: have, crazy time.
1: I'm just trying to have a... I think, you know what? So everybody's life has gone... pits up a lot of people, especially if you work in the arts or the creative industry, that actually maybe this is exactly the perfect time to be in lockdown. And there's always you know like women used to go into confinement you know when they're the last few weeks of their pregnancy and they used to be sheltered from the world and then they'd be in confinement for like the first two three weeks so actually in some ways this is exactly what a normal pregnancy should be and i was chatting to uh, a midwife about it um, and she was saying you know one of the positive things oddly about lockdown is you know the rise in women continuing uh, breastfeeding has yeah. gone up. Um, yeah. And actually women, are their mental health has actually improved post-birth because previously you'd feel like, I've just given birth. I need to go and see family. I need to go and do this. I need to be out and about. I need to go to this cafe. I need to meet up with my mom. But actually now you've got the perfect time, excuse to just say, no, I'm just going to snuggle in with my baby and I'm just going to cocoon myself in this world of small little person. So I think actually, you know, in some ways, is making us do what we should have always done which is just mm. rest stay in bed for the first two weeks after you give birth no matter even if it's the straightforward birth just stay in bed and rest and cuddle and mm-hmm. don't feel obliged to do anything or see anyone you don't want to see and you can say to people you know everybody wants to come around to cuddle a newborn and sometimes you don't want that you just want to be like in this little bubble oh that was, that was a little, that was a little <laughs> nappy being
0: filled <laughs> and now you have Perfect excuse because you can say we're shielding and we don't want visitors, so
1: yeah, no, you, so you can feel and, and snuggly, and that it will be okay. Oh, and the only other top tip is everybody prepares for the labour and giving birth, but nobody prepares enough for the first few weeks after giving birth, and that's the tough bit, not the labour bit.
0: Okay, understood. <laughs> Well, I think on that nappy being filled, (laughs) I'll let you get on with your day. Um, But thanks so much for talking to me. And it's really lovely to see a little baby and (laughs) how you can have lipstick on pretty quick after having (laughs) a baby. And I will maybe i'll look okay once again
1: (laughs) yeah you will be you'll certainly find this radiance and just thank you thank you for like having me on and this is such a great thing i think it's really important that we sort of like look after each other be kind to each other and say we're look we're all in it together this is a crazy time pregnant at the end of the world